Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Jennifer Landa. And this is the big show, the main show, the Super Star Destroyer of our fleet, and a special edition, a little bit later than we normally release them, because, well, there was a little thing called Star Wars Celebration that uh, had our attention, had our time, and thanks to the weather, had our flight schedules as well. But uh, <laughs> we're here, and we experienced it. Up close in person, we experience CouchCon from states away. We have a lot of perspectives, and this is our chance as a team to come together and talk and go through all the news. I'm very excited to do that with all of you, our Force Center fans. And as always, I'd like to remind you, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your 
iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And yeah, a little bit later, we'll have our Force Center recommends a book we think you should try out on you. All right, there's so much to dive into, but we, we have to do a big catch-up, because literally this is the first time the three of us are catching up. Yeah, Joe, so yeah. We, we had a great time. We did. It was <laughs> it was wonderful. We had a wonderful trip to Chicago and uh, Star Wars. <laughs> yes, yes. Hoffed it was kind of like, point, oh, yeah. yeah, Star Wars is is here, but then sometimes Chicago is outside. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a great experience. That's those kinds of trips that are so immersive that it feels like you have been plucked out of your life and your normal yeah. life is this faraway thing that you faintly remember. Yeah. And your real life is just Star Wars in a hotel room with Ken Napsok <laughs> and salty food and no Sorry. sleep. And that's, no, it was great. Wow. We had a great time. We had a great time. Uh, and when I when I checked out, uh, Joseph left a, a day earlier, but a day later than he was supposed to. Yeah. And I left a day later than I was supposed to, but I left uh, by myself to... I was like, I just looked around kind of sad. Like, we lived here at the Gwen, a luxury collection hotel. That looked exactly, basically like it was designed like Dryden Voss's yacht. Oh, yeah. It looked, it had all like little nice little gold inlay everywhere and lots oh. of circular themes like the Crimson Dawn logo. It's like, Dryden yeah. Voss is going to murder us with his Kyozo pitars. Absolutely. <laughs> we were there uh, living it, living it large. And uh, Jen, you were on the other side, <laughs> yes. unfortunately. And we absolutely missed you. And people missed you. Uh, Drina did a great job uh, sitting in with us on the live show, but we absolutely know you were missed. But you got to experience from a different point of view. I did. And CouchCon was uh, just as frantic and I'm just as tired as if I had <laughs> been there. Yeah. I really did feel like I experienced it because my whole timeline, I follow a lot of Star Wars fans, obviously mm. including you guys as well. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I got a really experienced the celebration and the deep dish pizza. Because <laughs> oh. everybody was uh, posting about the deep dish pizza. Yes. Did you just order some from like a frozen, like uh, get some in a in a, in a grocery store? It's not the some? same. When it's I saw that photo of you and uh, Alex Damon, yeah, yeah, that the gooey cheese and the sauce. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's uh, my controversial opinion is I like Chicago thin crust pizza better <laughs> than the deep dish. What? Uh, haven't experienced that uh, sec- Friday night. At the yeah. Mark Ellis comedy show, he ordered some. That was I liked very it better. good, too. Yeah, and I met ah. a, Sh- a Schmodown fan who was a Chicago native, and he pulled me aside, and he's like, don't let them fool you. The thin crust is better. I was <laughs> like, I'm with you. And he's like, yeah. But I, I like that, that said, it's a city of pizza extremes. Yes, it is. <laughs> that said, Joseph did witness me fall asleep mid-meal Wednesday night no. yeah. with the deep dish. Before the uh, convention even started. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, we could get it on a whole uh, pizza yeah. center episode about <laughs> All pizza of our centers. various pizza adventures and opinions. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, I'll say this uh, before we, we, we the, the news is the main topic tonight, but we, uh, Joseph and I, and I'm not going to speak entirely for him, obviously, but uh, on the floor most uh, most every day, I don't think there was a day that we missed the floor, uh, you know, we made a point to get on there as much as possible. Uh, we had a chance to meet a lot of uh, our listeners face-to-face, shake hands. We got a nice letter from Jeff Steffens, Joseph, yeah, that was very, really touching. Very nice, yeah. yes, about rekindling the passion of Star Wars, which mm-hmm. is something I think we all have to do sometimes absolutely and and it means a lot it's always meant a lot when you pull us aside hey listen to force center but uh there was a lot of hey we appreciate what you're doing being positive and that really put some uh, wind beneath my uh, uh solar sail wings yeah absolutely absolutely it's because it, you know it happened on the convention floor i think the first time someone recognized us we were uh walking to that deep dish pizza place on wednesday we, we were just like 
<laughs> are you Joseph Scripture? Yep. I think they actually just said you are. You are. <laughs> perhaps I had forgotten, which is always a possibility. Right. Uh, but yeah, it was just, it, it, it uh, was kind of everywhere that people said such specific things. And that's what really meant uh, a lot to me because mm-hmm. we obviously know we're talking to other humans when we're recording. Yeah. But to have people say, I really like having whiskey while I listen to counseling or mm. ranked makes me think of lots of different things or Jennifer does such great deep research. Mm. And this is where I sit when I listen to it um, mm-hmm. to hear those really specific stories. We were in the Hasbro uh, booth and a gentleman and his son were like, Hey, four center. And I'm paraphrasing, but the father basically said to the son is like, these are the guys that get you to school. And he's like, we listen to you in the car when I drive him to school. Aww. And like that kind of specificity of mm. of knowing that we're in people's uh, lives and yeah. in a positive way is great. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of fun. Uh, it just means a lot. It never it never gets old in that regard uh, when people come up and, and we forget. We're, we're, in, we're in a studio uh, here in Burbank, California. But you were there with us and uh, we got to celebrate Star Wars with a lot of you. Uh, and, and Jennifer, uh, CouchCon, I know, you, I mean, did you, I want to know, the, the only thing before we really start diving into the news, did you, did you like get ready, sit down, it's, <laughs> it's 11 a.m., uh, you know, your time, what did you do? What, I uh, tried on Friday, Friday was my day where I'm like, I just got to see the episode nine panel, and unfortunately, we were running late, I had to take my daughter's school, so yeah. I put on the panel on YouTube, and we listened to it okay. in the car. And my, da- I, my daughter was like, no, I want to listen to music. And I was like, look, there's R2-D2. <laughs> there's C-3PO, which she was kind of confused because she's like, what do you mean C-3PO? That's not him. <laughs> but she was thrilled with R2-D2 and BB-8. And that bought me at least you know 30 minutes of watching right, right. the panel as I'm driving. Not, I was listening to it. She was watching she it. She was responsible, yeah. children. Yeah. She was responsible. Yeah. So that, that, was, that was a pretty fun, memorable moment. And then Sunday, I finally got to you know sit down okay. with some nice chai latte tea and uh, watch The Mandalorian. Nice, awesome. that was exciting. So were you you so you were in the car? So when and how did you experience the episode nine trailer? Oh, I purposely I I forgot I was going to do my reaction on the road. I forgot <laughs> my computer, so I had to go back. So as they were saying, and now here's I'm like oh I, nope, nope, I had to pull over, pause it, and then I watched it at home with my dog. <laughs> How did your dog react? He was a little, uh, he was uh, concerned by my reactions <laughs> and by the loud noises. Okay, was he, he was terrified by the laughter <laughs> of Palpatine. <laughs> I just, yeah, I lost it a few times, so. Understandably awesome. so. Yeah. So did uh, everybody in that hall. Yeah, and again, oh and again, and again. It's yeah. as if Star Wars has a positive effect on people. Yes, should we dive in? Yeah. There's a lot to get to, Jennifer. There's so much. You've got some great notes. Oh, my gosh. Well, we finally got that Episode Nine title and teaser that we had been waiting for. We now know Episode Nine is titled The Rise of Skywalker, and all was revealed at Friday's panel, hosted by the brilliant Stephen Colbert, who's also a big Star Wars fan. And like any good fan, he did his best to get information for us out of J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy. Abrams and Kennedy both talked about the responsibility they have to Star Wars fans and how they prepared for this film by immersing themselves in everything George Lucas. Some other things we learned from this panel are that episode nine starts with a time jump. We find our heroes going on an adventure together. The group encounters Naomi Aki's character, who is named Janna, right? Mm-hmm. Janna. And we may also see Ray use some new force powers. BB-8 has a new friend named Dio. Billy D. Williams said the character of Lando never left him, so it was easy to get back into character. And oh yeah, 
Palpatine is back? Question mark. <laughs> so much to discuss. Where do we begin? Yeah. You guys were there. Yeah. How did you do it? How'd you get in? <laughs> well, <laughs> well yeah, there are some uh, some powers that are unnatural. Yes. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. No, I mean, there, yeah. there was a, a, yeah, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. I'll say this. You know, I last minute been uh, re- received access to the wristband you need. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, and then, uh, you know, quite frankly, we'll go to detail. Joseph didn't have one. And then we were like, we're going to make this happen. And we made it happen. Yes, with, there was a, with a the help of an ally. A team, a team effort <laughs> yeah. uh, you to to get me on the, uh, the proper media list, which I feel totally okay about because... Yeah. This is media that we're doing right <laughs> this now. This is media. We, and this, this is, is lots what, of Star Wars this talking. This is what it is. Uh, yeah. And, and I'm so thrilled with it because, yeah. yeah, it was an amazing experience in the room. It was. And it was It was, It was. was tense. It was interesting. It was tense because uh, a lot of the security processes before with the media were pretty simple, pretty easy. Right. Um, and with a lot more free cranberry juice in this time around. I'll say that. Um, but we got, like, escorted in groups into the media area oh. after going through some empty out your bags type of stuff. Well, some nice doggies sniffed our bags That's for right. anything, I guess. Wow. I don't know if they're sniffing for camcorders or... <laughs> <laughs> we're, uh, you know, slug, we're like, we're, are we slug worth going into one? Yeah. Uh, once we got that, it, it went through that. And it's, I'm not saying it's a complaint. It just was, it was ramped up. It was different. You sense like this is big. Mm. And then experience alive, it's good. But I, I, I'm not going to lie. I love, I love seeing it. I love being there. I'm just like, get to the goods. Yeah. I want, I want to see what we're all, and the pictures they showed through it are fascinating. Yeah, it was really fun, uh, obviously, to see that some of the panel was clearly planned what Stephen Colbert was going to ask because they were right there with the image. Right. Like, is and sometimes almost in a disruptive to the conversation way where Stephen Colbert would be like, so, Billy D. Williams, what do you think of, <gasps> because we all saw the picture up on screen of him, not only as Lando, but in, wearing Donald Glover's clothes, oh you know? Oh my gosh, that, yes. that, you know, so that was, uh, that was powerful and interesting. And Stephen Colbert was funny and charming, but there was a sense of like, we're only going to get so much information. So it did really build up to that trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the trailer was huge. And then I, this has made its way onto the internet. I think they released it. But for me, that what was one of the most powerful moments, like best moments in my life as a Star Wars fan, is that the credit, the, the trailer playing, then they have the stage lights that glow red, there he is, Ian McDermott, and then the people all weekend were already quoting, roll it again, as <laughs> like a seminal, important Star Wars line. <laughs> While we were waiting for the Mandalorian, they played a game on the floor. The, the MCs played a game of like, just tell me your favorite Star Wars quote for fun. And people were like, hello there, what is she proposing? Even yep. got shouted, shouted out yep. a, bun- a bunch of our favorites. Uh, and then, like one of the last ones was "roll it again," and the whole <laughs> the whole stadium erupted again. Um, and to me, it's just like I am yeah. thrilled that Palpatine is back. Uh, but the teaser by itself would have been, "Ooh, yeah. what's that about?" Ian McDermott, amazing actor, it was to me confirmation of like, yes, this is this is, he's an important role. Mm. Mm. And then mm-hmm. if the, just saying "roll it again." is so in the spirit of Palpatine of like, <laughs> he is a fascinating, intriguing character. He is a symbol of the darkness that Star Wars wrestles with. And also he's a little over the top and absurd and that mm-hmm. makes him fun. And it, it was just everything I love about Star Wars to lean into that yes. and have him. Ha- we, we're so happy because that character is back, but then to have him be a little cheeky about it, yeah, you know, and say, roll it again in that beautiful, weird voice. 
and literally dropped the mic. Literally. And then, oh but there goodness. was no noise, so it was clearly planned. Planned. But it looked like he was using the force. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, just reliving it again. That yeah, was, that it's was, so powerful. Did you guys lose it? Because I, I, I yeah. thought, immediately yes. thought of the, the two of you. I was like, they yeah. must be losing their minds when yeah. they saw you, him. I mean, the trailer, I, I, I love the trailer. And I did last night uh, what I often do, what, what Mark Ellis and I joke about often doing on our independently. I watched all the teaser trailers for all the movies again, which mm. I just had them on YouTube. And just okay. And this one is right up there with me uh, for uh, on all of them. Uh, the callback to Phantom Menace, and we did the Joseph and I had the pleasure of doing the uh, the, the breakdown for ourselves uh, at our hotel room, and can't wait to hear more of your thoughts, Jennifer. But yeah, the, I I just loved it, and then, but then the because I don't know about you know we I don't know if we really talked about this when we recorded in the room. Like I heard the laugh, and I'm like I had this weird like oh that's the emperor, and then the other part of my brain was like was that the emperor? <laughs> like this right, weird exactly. like yeah. too. I had the same reaction. Yeah, everybody yeah. in the room like there was our like immediately was Death Star. Like I recognize that as the Death Star wreckage, or and I, thought it was right away. So and that, I didn't. I thought it was a mountain. So <laughs> that the, no one's ever really gone. The Death Star wreckage and the laugh right. seemed right. And there was a lot of things that were saying in the panel about wanting to really really show us some stuff. Mm-hmm. So I felt like the trailer was going to have a surprise. Right. Mm. Um, so for me, it was like, yeah, I, I, I screamed and it was, it was really nice to be in a place where it felt like that was accepted and encouraged. I screamed at the top of my lungs yeah, and a single tear rolled down my eye, yeah, rolled down my cheek. When uh, the cheering kind of subsided and the Palpatine thing happens right away yeah. and, 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 and McDermott and we're, we're just going crazy. I, oh, the, well, the first human words I, I heard was, was Darina saying, I feel like a kid again. Like, just like, <laughs> yeah. I don't she think she's just saying it to the world in general. So yeah. uh, you can't, that, that's a highlight. Yeah. 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 I want to ask yeah. you, Jennifer, about some of your reactions. Like, yeah. because, uh, Ken and I already talked about it on, on the breakdown, but for me that what the trailer is, the main thrust of it, of the idea that Ray is the hero for this generation, the legend for this generation and all the lessons of the other heroes, are with her. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about that big picture idea? Because that was super moving to me. We talk about the Palpatine because it's a twist, but even if Palpatine wasn't there, I would have been really moved and even to tears by just that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really liked, and this is what I had hoped that they would do, is really f- shifting the focus back onto the new cast. This is the, this is the, the ta- baton has been passed to them. And I also loved, we get that opening shot with Daisy Ridley with Ray. And you hear her breathing first, and you you're wor- I was worried. I'm like, oh no, she's in trouble. What's going on? And then you see her calm down. And to me, it was symbolic, not just for the character of Ray of where she is, but for me, Daisy Ridley as an actor, mm. seeing how far she has come since The Force Awakens, which really, I mean, she was a rel- relatively mm-hmm. new actor at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing the confidence and the inner strength as as an actor, as a woman, and also in the character, to me, it was just, it was really, stun- it was beautiful to watch. And then when she did that crazy, <laughs> you know, jump, I was like, oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, it, to me, there was a lot of spirit of fun. I also liked how they used the, the past, the old cast or old symbolisms, like Han's blaster on her, you know, Luke's lightsaber, yeah. Lando, Leia when I lost my mind. Uh, these were the really, like, the heartfelt moments, the soul of Star Wars. And that, to me, was like... It, it was it was uh, it was impactful, not just for me as a Star Wars fan, but it made me think like, oh, if I was a casual viewer, 
it's uh, people like my mom or people who saw Star Wars in the 70s and 80s and they're like, oh, I know that guy. I yeah. know that, you know? So I think it's it's kind of opening it back up so that hopefully everyone's going to go see this film and uh, it's gonna. I think it's going to be a really historic uh, really historic event. Yeah, yeah. I felt like it, it was so um, responding to episode eight in a, in a positive way. Yes, agreed. You know, obviously we, we talked about it a lot about, you know, the word legend and using the nobody's ever really gone in a mm-hmm. new context, but also just I, I've been thinking about the last couple of days since we recorded it mm-hmm. that there continues to be a discussion among some fans of some fans interpret Kylo's kill the past message as the message of the film. Right. right. No. And I think we at Force Center have the, <laughs> <laughs> that's what the villain said because he was right. wrong. Right. Uh, and that the film is arguing for a, yes, the legends need to be there. Take the past with you. And the fact that this trailer is so much about don't kill the past. Mm-hmm. A thousand generations live in, inside mm-hmm. you is such a powerful line oh. to me. And it feels like an answer to, the the happy medium between you know yeah. the past and the future, which is the present. Like all the lessons of the past are with you, Ray. But that also means it's time for something new. It's mm-hmm. you. You have to make your choices. This is your fight now. Is yeah. such a great response to that idea of just burn everything down. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, and I love just the emotional tones in the trailer. We I think we focus on those a lot here, just for Center in general. And I think that's why. I find so much satisfaction and joy in this trailer. Just watching it again and again, a lot of the symbolism and the use of it, and, and the Lando moment. That laugh, it's not always great to see Billy D and Lando, but it's just kind of like, that's how I'm feeling at the point in the trail. <laughs> exactly. Trailer. Yeah. Yes. You know, so. so wonder what he's up to in that moment that's making him laugh. Like, yeah. what's he about to do? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Jennifer, how did you feel about the title? Oh my God, I was, I was literally, I was cheering because a, it, remember when we talked about it the yeah. week before, I was like Skywalker after you, after you said it, I was like, that's genius. They'll never do it. <laughs> right, right, And right. so I was like, wow, they did it. Oh, and what does that mean? Yeah. What does it mean? So there's been a lot of speculation on what that means. Uh, I, I like the idea that Skywalker is uh, something uh, I don't, did you guys talk? You talked about. I'm sure you talked about. Yeah, this. but we, we want to we we hear your take. Hear and we want to discuss it all yeah. together. I liked the idea, like where I've talked about, where it's like a title that that mm. could be passed on. But maybe it also represents what what Luke Skywalker represents, which is hope. Mm. And so the rise of Skywalker is a symbolic for like this movement that's going to happen of the galaxy coming together and rising up because of the legend of Luke Skywalker and mm. really like his heroic acts and being inspired by that mm-hmm. and wanting to, to take action. And so they're going to answer Leia's call. They're going to answer, in his essence, Luke's call because of these because of these Skywalkers, the galaxy is going to rise up. Mm, I like that a lot. This is metaphoric. I, I really love that. And, and, and I think there's a lot of potential meanings that we're going to spend eight months talking about. Yeah, right. uh, Kylo and Id and, and Ray and the, the general use. And yes, the Chiss refer to Jedi Skywalker. But what you're talking about, Jen, really strikes a chord with me of, of paying, it's, it's paying homage to the sacrifice he made. And mm-hmm. then maybe Kylo or the First Order are now saying, oh, Skywalker is dead. He's yeah. dead. Luke's dead. Uh, this is the rise of Skywalker, the mm-hmm. the 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 legend that lives on that now Ray's in front of. Exactly. Uh, that's that's exciting. Stuff yeah, yeah, me. that's like that's great. Like the idea of just people like cheering as they yeah. you know take up the take up arms to to fight evil, like for Skywalker. Right. Like, yeah. Like we will uh, walk in in his path. But you, your mind goes to Luke. My mind goes to Luke and to Leia. Mm-hmm. Uh, less about 
Ky- uh, Ben, uh, Kylo Ren, whatever, mm-hmm. being redeemed. I don't think that it's tied in with that. I've seen a lot of people saying that maybe it's going to uh, Ray is going to start a new order and it's going to be called sure. the Skywalker Order. Yeah. Uh, and JJ didn't JJ say in the panel or somewhere else where he's like, oh no, it don't make sense after you see the film. <laughs> I, he probably said something about that in the one of the post panel interviews yeah, that was because the, was. Yes. the yeah. title was he was all done talking on the panel by the time the title was. Oh, Yo, you're right, of course. Yes, and I think it was with Ash actually. Ash got some great interviews. She got mm-hmm. some great stuff. Uh, yeah, and I and look, and I, we we get t- uh, tweeted and tagged in a lot of speculation and speculate away responsibly as we say and handed out stickers this weekend. Um, I, but yeah, I what you're, I, I take JJ's words real strong there of like, eh, don't worry about it. <laughs> right. You'll know. Yeah. You'll know. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot for us still to find out yeah. about exactly what it means and what it's referring to. Yeah, the, the immediate gut reaction of Kylo's redemption, it could very well be a part of it. We're not I'm not throwing that out right. of that, the idea bucket, but I don't I just don't think it's that that complicated, actually. I was gonna say I don't think it's that simple. I don't think it's that complicated. I think it's it's more something emotional, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely lean toward that idea. You know, whether it's something literal that it's that's what the new order is called, whether Ray literally adopts it as a last name, or it is just hope has now Skywalker has become synonymous with hope. There yeah. it is, yeah. yes. That's that's beautiful to me. How do you feel about Palpatine, Jennifer? Are you excited <laughs> for Palpatine? I had the same reaction as you, Ken, where I was like, oh my gosh, that that's the Emperor. Wait a minute, is that really the Emperor? Right. And my TV is really dark. We have to get a new TV. Get a new TV. <laughs> so I'm like watching that. Buy a new one. <laughs> I was watching that wreckage, and I was like, what the heck is that? Well, when I watched it on my computer was when I was like, holy Sith, I can't believe that I missed that. And then my mind starts going, but um, but yeah. So Palpatine, at first I'm like, oh, it's a misdirect. It's mm. got to be a misdirect. Mm-hmm. It's just his voiceover. But then as I was reading online and from what you're saying, oh, he's back. Yeah, I I've been blowing my mind. Yeah, how is he going to be back? How are they going to do it? Yeah, in a way that I mean, gosh. I mean, yeah. he could he could just turn roll it again into this <laughs> successful thing. So I guess he doesn't have to do much. He can show up on screen doesn't and laugh. And, and, uh, and yeah. definitely, McDermott is now being pretty cheeky. Joseph, you were you were saying the Star Wars show right after the Phantom Menace panel. Yeah, the tone changed a little bit with McDermott. So yeah, and there's been a lot of direct, lot, yeah. lot going, a lot of discussions going about that. He made a great joke in the Phantom Menace panel mm-hmm. about how George Lucas told him that. Uh, that Palpatine was dead, so he never thought he'd come back for something like the prequels. And then he said in a very Emperor Palpatine voice of like, so I guess I'll never be back again. Like, right. it, people just ate it up. <laughs> right. Uh, and then said, yeah, more like, oh, it's just a tease. You know, I didn't even record that. They found that laugh somewhere. It's just a tease. <laughs> so it feels like there's there's some amount of let, let's be playful about sure. this. But I just don't think, I don't think the team at this point wants to... Yeah, manipulate people in that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about that. About that's just not not fair. You know. Yeah. And it's it just doesn't fair. feel like what do you get out of that? Yeah. Whereas having this kind of ultimate threat, yeah, ultimate symbol of evil mm-hmm. that a new generation has to face, being embodied by Palpatine. Palpatine, indeed. Yeah. Uh, Jen, any 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 theories, direct theories, right now on what what actually might happen in your mind? I don't know, but didn't JJ mention in the panel something about the greatest evil? Yeah. And then he kind of like he realized what he had said, and then like when Colbert called him out, was like, "Well, what do you mean by that?" He's like, "Kathy, <laughs> rescue me!" <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, "Oh, that was a slip." I mean, I don't know if that's related to Palpatine. Um, my question is, first or se- there since 
speculation. Is it the first or the second Death Star? What do you guys think? I saw the thing online today where, today where people were analyzing the dishes. The dishes. The dish. I, I did say that. Really God bless us, Star <laughs> yeah, Wars fans. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is definitely the whole speculate responsibly thing <laughs> where I, I am coming to things that I think are like, this makes sense to me. Yeah. And I think this is the the period where we're, we can have so much fun speculating, which is the light side, but we're tempted by the dark side where we decide that's what it should be. Right. So uh, so my my desire, what I'm intrigued by, is that it should be the second Death Star. Okay, that it, that I really think it will be the second Death Star. Yes. Because there's so much in canon, and not obscure canon. Right. I'm talking Clone Wars. I'm talking Rebels, where you see Sidious, the man, over a pot doing weird magic stuff with yeah. steam coming out. Like, <laughs> he's doing rituals. <laughs> For the, the, you know, the world between worlds. He's doing oh, rituals yeah. at the end of the current version of, of Clone Wars. Right. When Yoda's on Moraband. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, it's in comics, which are a little, I think, not maybe paid attention to by the movie people of. Right. Uh, and in books of objects being yeah. seeped in the dark side in actual souls or some element. So to me, it just doesn't feel like. The, how's he going to come back? I think Richard E. Grant's going to beat a weird Sith acolyte, and I think there's going to be a quick ceremony where he raises him. Really? Oh, that simple. Yeah. I like uh, it. I can get behind that. Yeah. I like it. Now, again, oh, I could be cool. completely wrong, and my right. goal is, when I when I am completely wrong, to not be upset about it. Right. Or not think, that's the way they should have done. <laughs> uh, I've got 12 pages written on how we should come back. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, and, and I've gone back and forth, uh, you know, if it's a conversation with friends, uh, even at the convention, or texting me, and and... I'm open to any and all possibilities, and the best one that works. I, I don't think. Again, I, I really like what you've just said. It's an addition. It's an addendum to speculate responsibly. My desire or or preference would it be, have it to not be a clone or not yeah. be something as simple as curtain falls back and I clone myself. I'm Emperor Two. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I just don't. I'm Emperor Palpa Two. Palpa Two. Emperor Palpa Two. Oh, we're, uh, the show's over, everybody. Good night. We've solved it. Uh, too funny. Emperor Palpa too. That would be a, a <laughs> Legends character. Um, Absolutely. It's not too far off from Luke. <laughs> so uh, that I, I, I just, I, it, but it makes sense. It makes sense. And we always, uh, this this connection to all nine, right? What is the connection to all, all nine? It is Skywalkers and what we've been talking earlier and what you, you brought up, Jen, about the rise of Skywalker as a, as a beacon of hope and peace in the galaxy after many now think it's dead. And then uh, where does it all begin? Uh, like in Game of Thrones with Baelish, it is Sheev Palpatine working his way up as the Phantom Menace. So mm-hmm. it all makes sense some way or another. Yeah, mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. Yeah, Maybe we'll get an underwater but, scene like they did with that concept. Well, art. that's that's Ooh, that, one, yeah. once the second time. And again, I fully admit, and I know I'm not alone, but I I was like, look at those pretty mountains with the snow on it. Why is the Emperor laughing? It was the <laughs> second time that I was like, oh, the Death Star. Um, then I immediately went to the concept art because uh, right. those those books are are great. Yeah. And and you see Ray diving on the Death Star. Yep, <laughs> so. there it is. Oh yeah, yeah. so yes. these ideas they've been playing with for a while, for like they're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Any other big reactions, Jennifer? Uh, uh, people have been talking a lot about Kylo's helmet. Oh, oh, you mean the fact that it's being put back together? Yeah, yeah. And, but- and yeah, this would be a benefit from being there. Like one of the things on the floor was uh, they had this big box that's going to be some of the branding for the toys going forward, Ooh. and it's uh, got a big picture of Kylo on it and it's got the helmet now has these permanent red lines where it's been put back together. Huh. Mm-hmm. So huh. that's like a real image going forward. 
Mm-hmm. I see it as a real, I mean, just off the top of my head, I see it as a real F you to these, <laughs> to these father figures that were basically making fun of, of Kylo Ren. Yes. Take off that mask. Yes. Know, Han Solo. Take off the, the you silly boy with that mask. Snoke. So it's like, oh yeah? Oh yeah? I'm going to put it back together and this is what I'm going to do. This mask is me. And yep. like fusing, fusing his identity with it. Jennifer, that is such a great pull that both yeah. Han and Snoke told him to literally take the mask off. Mm. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. No, no. Couldn't be more proud of you than ever on the team. Cause that, <laughs> that is so direct as I'm already, you know, getting a, some friend of mine texting today. Are you ready for these retcons? Kind of like, like retcons. retcon, the helmet, the helmet's no. not a retcon. Ah. It's the next chapter. And we talked about it a little bit on yeah. the trailer. Like, it's the next chapter of the story. And that has to be what it is. I didn't even think about the solo one. Yeah. Mm. I didn't think oh, about yeah. that. Take and, off the mask. Yeah. And I kind of love it is the, like the mask was a, like force awakens was a little bit like, I'm just playing Vader and exactly. I don't have any damage right. to cover up. Now he does have damage. He's getting all weird from the dark side use. All of this shots we've seen of his face is like did you just eat a lot of peppers kylo like he looks messed up and then that's a great step forward to say like i'm literally scarred and even my mask is scarred i'm a monster yeah and i've exactly. earned it yes yeah. yes yeah but what about those hands it doesn't look like his hands right hairy hands they're hairy and they had longer <laughs> like like almost claws I, I can't gotta go no back. No grease servants. Yeah. Oh, oh that's right. That's, that's, that's what it was. That'd be that's interesting. That'd be interesting. Yeah, that'd be really yeah, interesting. Bring the no grease uh, from uh, rebels into yeah. the, the, the uh, big. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think it's probably early, early on. I think uh, even though we do see him fighting without the helmet, so uh-huh. I don't know. Maybe you know, I, I, he destroyed the helmet. In an elevator, <laughs> yeah. so it's not destroyed unless his bedroom got cut in half by Holdo's maneuver. Uh, <laughs> so I don't think it's part of a journey um, to right. find it. But uh, <laughs> he made Hux go pick Hux it up go, again. Go pick <laughs> up a helmet. <laughs> it's an elevator eleven seventeen B. This helmet on which we found pieces. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm uh, intrigued, man. You know, it's, he's got some elves uh, reforging the sword. Of, uh, <laughs> Yeah, the mask of Ren. Yeah, yeah. So good. And I'm so tempted to get into more talk about uh, Kylo Redemption, but maybe we'll save that for a full episode, right? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. so much, so much to think about there. Going into and and uh, we mentioned it, but I I want to get maybe your thoughts on 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 Lando Mm -hmm. and then uh, Naomi Aki's character. We got some great shots of those characters, Jen. What, what oh, did you think yeah. about that? Right, right, right. Naomi Aki's character is interesting. I kind of had a feeling that she was going to meet up with the group. Sure. Because she'd kind of alluded to that in previous uh, previous, and I'm assuming that she's a friend, an ally, right? Does she kind of, or does she not really? Or related? Yeah. Or, or related. <laughs> she seemed to me like in the Lando DJ category of somebody they need something from who maybe doesn't initially want to be involved exactly that's the vibe i get from that character yes yeah yes yeah i like her, her answer on the panel was wonderfully cheeky and it's very funny a lot of cheeky answers on very the panel. funny yeah yeah uh, and then lando oh, lando we lando. joseph mentioned it donald glover's outfit the donald glover era lando full display i love that he's like remember that outfit i had 30 years ago i liked it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know yeah it, to, to me it was actually a surprising moment where it really it got me emotional seeing him seeing it the did. delight on his face yeah of being back 
I think both both in character and as an actor. Yeah. Um, and it just was, yeah, it was really, it, oh man, it got me choked up. Mm-hmm. That and, and seeing Carrie Fisher. That mm-hmm. put me over the edge. Yeah. yeah, so powerful. So powerful. And it looked so great. The shot did like everything yeah. they've been saying that like, looked like, yeah, it's filmed for this movie, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The metal and just hold it. Oh my yeah. goodness gracious. A lot there. I'm sure we're going to do some speculating, uh, deep dives into every second. And then, by the way, we'll have more coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be yeah right. full, a yeah. teaser, too. A full trailer. Yeah. Uh, right. And I love that. And then eventually we'll complain about the TV spots. We, we understand. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot there. We know, you know, the, we know the cycle for you. We've been through now. this before. We've been through it before. Um, but then uh, I think we want to talk about the Mandalorian panel, Jen. Yeah, right? That's let's, the next big yeah. one. Let's talk about it. There's been a lot of mystery surrounding the Mandalorian project, but on Sunday we got a few more answers about John Favreau's new Star Wars series. Showrunners John Favreau and Dave Filoni kicked off the panel with a casual discussion about how they first met at Skywalker Ranch while Favreau was editing Iron Man and Filoni was working on the first season of The Clone Wars. They also shared that once people at ILM got word that a new Star Wars series was underway, a few more enthusiastic people started showing up at the meetings. In <laughs> fact, special effects legends like John Knoll were so excited about the project that they worked in their home garages to build models and create special motion control rigs that could be used for filming. Actors Pedro Pascal, Gina Carano, and Carl Weathers joined the showrunners for the panel, but they stayed pretty tight-lipped about their characters. All of them are obviously very thrilled to be a part of Star Wars, and we did learn that Gina Carano plays a former shock trooper named Cara Dune. Carl Weathers plays Grief Karga, the head of the Guild of Bounty Hunters, and Pedro Pascal plays the Mandalorian, a character <laughs> that has no name as of yet, but is cut from the same cloth as classic gunslingers like Clint Eastwood. Now, you were both at the panel, yeah. yes? Oh. We ended up uh, we ended yeah. going back uh, to that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Thank you, Snow, for canceling my flight. Right. Oh, yes, that was wow. the bonus. Yeah. Uh, uh, I apologize. Uh, yes, no, for the mean things I said. <laughs> Help me out this time. Yeah, it was we did great. go, and, and I will say this. Uh, so on my flight back to Gina Carano was on my flight back. No. And I, uh, I would have asked something. I just, uh, yeah. She was already seated in first class, oh. and I was doing the shuffle to the back of the plane, <laughs> and didn't want to be like, "Tell me more." But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Republic shock trooper. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, it was really one of the the fun things of, uh, you know, they re- Star Wars dot com released the names. Right. They just said them, and it was amazing to be in this, you know, stadium full of fans, uh, all the media people whispering to each other, what was his name, what was his name, and none of yeah. us hearing it correctly, yeah. right. and everybody run into, like, now there's going to be a little... Uh, <laughs> a bunch of people like, uh, you know, Carl Weathers' character, yeah. Gruff Crank Crank, I'm not sure <laughs> if I heard that correctly. Yeah, well, it, it was... Um, it's my my little weird pet peeve about you need a good host and Colbert, you know, did did good heavy handed at times with the are you going to reveal anything jokes as, as Joseph and I, you, you and I talked about, it, I think. But there was no true moderator. Yeah, it's just Favreau who's like, well, what's going on? And <laughs> Filoni, who's just like wants to F with the crowd a little bit all the time. Like, right. oh, you guys like Star Wars? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, oh, God, can I tell this weird story how my celebration ended? Sorry, this is. Yeah, good. yeah, yeah. I'm leaving. Uh, walking out with Mark Riley, Thad Williams, Tom Dagnino, we're leaving and we get stopped, right? Fans of the Schmodown, great, good moment. Someone's watching and they go, I- I'll take the picture for you. And we're like, no, no, we got it. It's a selfie. And the girl takes it and they walk off. So the girl runs up to me with this guy and they go, 
please, please, can we get a photo with you? And I said, well, sure, sure. And I'm starting to do the whole, like, did you yeah. come, come for the live schmodown thing? No. They take a picture, and they both go, we are so happy you were working with John Favreau on this series. We are so excited for The Mandalorian. <gasps> Thank you. Thank you, Dave. And I go, Thank you. And I just walked away. Oh, no. So to oh, whoever no. you are out there that's going to tweet the picture of we met Dave Filoni and someone's going to say that is a two-bit podcaster, I'm sorry. <laughs> Was it, did they just ask you or is the whole crew they They just with? asked me because okay. the crew started to walk away and they like corner me and, and, and look, we, are, we met a lot of people and some people yeah. get nervous and, and look, I am just a dude that wants a convention hot dog, right? You know, this girl, I could tell, and I was like, she must really love the Schmodown. That's awesome. We're <laughs> yeah. Force Center, Jedi Council. And then I started to figure out, oh, and no. you know, I was half, a lot of times I was reaching in my pocket and pulling out either Force Center stickers yeah. or my book cover sticker. I thought to do that, and I just was like, I kind of wanted to go. Uh, and and it's just, we are so happy you're working <laughs> with John Favreau on The Mandalorian, Dave. And I just, yeah. all I could do was go, thank you. Oh, thank no. you. It's such a weird uh, place to be in where it's like you're walking the floor, but you're not Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. You know, right? And it was so lovely that so many people knew us. But sometimes people look at me and would be like, am I in your way? Do I have something on my face? Or are you a kind fan who knows who I am? Because it could be any of those three things. Sorry. I derailed our conversation, but it was oh the funny. Gosh. That was the la- And I literally That's walked hilarious. out of the convention hall two seconds later, and that was my convention. That was it. It was done. What it was a way great memory. But anyways, so you had those two up there on the panel, and that led to some of the confusion of, uh, yeah, it's, it's grief. In, including, who? yeah, including uh, John Favreau. Just forgetting to tell people not to take footage. Oh, uh, my gosh. So, yeah. So, there was definitely some confusion. Which created uh, some tension-filled moments with between security and the media. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. And then, it, you know, the, the, we saw one kind of behind-the-scenes clips, mm-hmm. uh, uh, vignettes, uh, and then a trailer later on. But so, yeah. the, that first sort of behind-the-scenes... He was like, ah, I was supposed to tell you not to record that. <laughs> right. Right. I think that yeah. the panel could have benefited uh, from a moderator. Very much yeah. so. I yeah. thought the very same thing. So. It ended before an, the hour was up. Oh, really? Oh, oh I, didn't, yeah. I didn't know that. Did oh, it just yeah. cut off because they didn't know exactly when they were going to play the trailer? Is that? Well, it was conf- it was confusing because normally you play the, well, I guess because you showed behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why. Yeah, and he's like, well, you know, hey, you, you out there watching the stream is going to cut out for a minute. Yeah. And so, so I like, imagine it would just like hold music for a little while. It was on the literally stream. a black screen and a countdown thing. And I'm like, okay. oh my oh my gosh. Okay, well, surely they're gonna upload this like all the other panels. So yeah. I'm sitting there on my computer waiting. It was okay, come back. Okay, great. And I kept refreshing at the end of the panel, <laughs> Star Wars' account. I'm like, any moment now, it's gonna show. Oh, they're not gonna show it. And then they did it come back to the for more it of the chit chat. It came back for more of the chit chat. I thought that you guys saw the trailer at that point. I didn't know what you guys saw. Okay, yeah. And yeah. then, then, then I heard it was at the end that you guys saw the trailer. Trailer, yeah. In a scene, yeah. yeah. I was just uh, people were really upset online. I was, I was not upset, but just more like, oh, that's not cool. <laughs> like they broke with how some of the other panels have gone. I, again, I, you don't have, uh, you don't have a moderator. That's exactly it. Yeah, Favreau in a T-shirt. That's why (laughs) they needed a moderator to kind of like guide and basically be the voice of the fans. You know what I mean? uh, Believe me, you felt that. It was hilarious because I've seen Dave on many panels and, you know, you could just seems like Favreau. And and, and, I mean, 
they're not. I'm not complaining. Like they they were bad, or they just was. No, they said interesting, interesting things. They, they were, were great, they were yeah. charming. They did pitch some good questions Dave's to the actors, funny, yeah. and they got we got some interesting stuff from the actors. Yeah, uh, Pedro Pascal in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really. He told that little story about meeting Favreau and going to his office and being such a huge fan, and right. you know. Which one am I going to be? This robot? That is awesome. <laughs> the robot, the the weird yeah. alien. Yeah. Oh, the Mandalorian. No, like, no, no. and his his passion for that when he claps on the table. Like that. That to me was the highlight of the panel part. Me yeah. too. To see that. Wow. That is. There's no BS there. He has that level of passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the 501st got involved, and they got yeah. to play a part in it. That so was yeah. That was a great cool. story. Mm-hmm. Um. um do we want to talk uh, a little bit about the trailer? Because we—that's the weird thing about it—is they didn't put any yeah. blackout on talking about it. They didn't. They didn't at all. Um, so I think we can, and it's you know we know unless you watch some shaky cell phone footage, maybe a lot of people haven't seen it, but yeah, it's our chance to talk about it. I think I think so. Yeah. yeah. Is that okay with you, Jennifer? Yeah. Do you yeah, hear I've, about it a little yes, bit? Yes, absolutely. I'm not going to watch the footage because I want to wait until they do it. Do they release yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. It'll look better. Yeah, because it was definitely mm-hmm. a scene that kind of th- then led into a more trailery montage. Right. Um, yeah, directly right into it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then they replayed just the sort of trailery montage part because the first part was just a scene. I mm-hmm. see. Um, and it was an interesting scene. It yeah. felt, it was an interesting one to show because it was just kind of the setup of the Mandalorian getting this job that seemed a little off. Mm-hmm. Like we had the scene of uh, Carl Weathers, Grief Karga, mm-hmm. uh, saying, hey, you can take this. We got the picture of the Mandalorian being desperate for work and at the bounties all being kind of cheap and mm-hmm. no good. And they really stressed that in that panel that this is going to be the story of, uh, you know, a part of the galaxy that's not functioning, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then, you know, we saw him getting, then this long scene of him with Werner Herzog's yeah. character, who I don't think they gave us a name for. They they did not. Yeah, Carl Willis gives him uh, the job that, you know, you know information, it's not the classic way, it's, it's, it's Tatooine, right? Am I crazy? I I, they didn't, it, it definitely looks like uh, a, a Moss Eisley esque like yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right. A grilled uh, Kowakia monkey lizard is oh yeah. So uh, it's actually disturbing. I'm, I, I mean, it's it's cute in a way, or, or not cute, but just like winky, naughty. I was disturbed because a Kowakia monkey lizard is being roasted on a on a spit, yeah. and another live one is in a cage watching it. Oh no! <laughs> and it, it was a little like, did you coordinate on the pork yeah. joke, or is oh, this like? No, <laughs> it was. It made me cut as an animal lover. Just go, uh, oh. Oh, Sally B. Crumb. What's oh, oh, terrible. Oh. So it, it could be disturbing to some. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, the scene, So the Warner Herzog, which is great because I love the Warner Herzog's involved in it. He's clearly very involved. Yeah. Uh, he's, there's he's a lot. Former oh. Imperial or an Imperial sympathizer. There's some very dirty storm. Like when you left your Kenner action figures out and the sun warped them, like they're, stormtroopers. Yeah, their faces, their helmets yeah. are a little smashed in and they're dirty. And so you really get the sense, especially huh. knowing canon that like, some of the Empire's best escaped mm-hmm. off into the unknown regions, as we know from the Aftermath books, and, and started to firm, firm, uh, form the First Order. Mm-hmm. So these are just like a bunch of losers that got left behind, you know? <laughs> wow. Like wow. not some yeah. big Imperial remnant, but, yeah. you know. And so they have a conversation, they go through stuff, and, and the highlight for me, I don't want to, I don't know, maybe we don't give too many details, but there's, yeah. there's an exchange over a piece of uh, 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 an item, and it ta- it's basically Warner Herzog throwing... 
the fact that uh, the, the 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 empire took the Mandalorian culture and, and it, oh it's oh, this is good that it's back with you a little bit yeah and Joseph mm. you you had the thought um, uh, that this is going to be a lot of reclaiming one's identity and culture yeah in this series. I hope so because they they really put across the themes in the big ideas that these are a lot of people who've lost their war or their place uh, like uh, um, Cara Dune being an ex rebel shock trooper. Um, and, but the war is over. So like, it, it felt like it was maybe going to even get into issues of actually like PTSD or what do you do when you are like a warrior and you don't have a war to fight and mm-hmm. the people you help put in power are trying their best to get a government up and running and address all of the problems throughout the galaxy, but you're not feeling that. You're mm. not seeing that. Wow. You know, so what, what does she do? Um, there's more stuff in the trailer that uh, we can uh, get into that was very much making the argument of, well, everything worked better when the Empire had solid control over everything, and now it's just chaos. Mm-hmm. It says, do you really believe this is yeah. better? Wow. And uh, it was uh, clear that, um, forgetting the actor's name, Gus Fring from Breaking Bad. Oh, uh-huh. yes, yes. Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, yeah. Cl- he's also playing an Imperial true believer. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so it was very clear that, that it was going to have, that was kind of the main thrust of it was the, what, you know, do you believe anything was better? And then you have The Mandalorian. Right. And they promised us that we would learn a little bit more about what had happened to Mandalore in right. the, oh, uh, yeah. the actual Galactic Civil War. Uh-huh. But you you know, got the sense that this could, I got the sense that this could really be about, well, I am a Mandalorian. I am a person with honor. Bounty hunters have been organized into a guild and I'm doing jobs. It's not as scummy as just going around and mm-hmm. killing people or stealing uh, or smuggling. Even it's uh, maybe a little bit of a thing of honor mm-hmm. in that. Maybe he doesn't have, have a Mandalore to go back to. Will he try to kind of reclaim that honor by the way he goes about whatever he's doing? So, yeah, it's a lot of really interesting, juicy themes were kind of hinted at. Hinted at. It's five years after. And what you're talking it's a Warner Herzog monologue that's playing over the trailer of yeah. the mm. revolution is over. Do you think it's more safe now and all this stuff? It's, it's, I think that's, so I think to me that's the core uh, of the series potentially. And I love that premise. Yeah. Love that premise. Uh, I, I didn't take to the footage as, as much as other people, though, I think. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, it just—it's not finished. It's not finished. And Favreau, as the lights came back, was like, "Ah, that reminds me, we got to get back to work." Right. Uh, so I didn't. Uh, it was edited very plainly, differently. Uh, just, just—I I don't want to take shots at unfinished product. Yeah, um, there was just like a wide variety of footage we saw because we saw yeah. a couple of beautiful shots of the Mandalorian on some sort of a snowy planet that right. really got to the heart of. Using his silhouette, using that Western vibe, felt totally like the saloon doors open mm-hmm. and the baddest MFer in town just walked in, and mm-hmm. whoever he's there for is terrified. Like, really got to that spirit, but clearly big CGI. Mm-hmm. Then the Werner Herzog scene was like in a room mm-hmm. with not, you know, crazy angles. It just really felt like, yep, we are in a studio. In oh. a Long Beach studio. In a Long Beach studio. Long Beach studio. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I would say the other part was comprised of these quick cuts of action. So you couldn't tell really. Yeah. So there's just a sharp contrast between like, here's our CGI shot. Here we're just in a room and there's some people talking. Mm-hmm. So it did feel a little like, what is it ultimately going to look like mm-hmm. budget wise? In right. terms of the scale. Yeah, and so that's why, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm so excited still. Again, love the premise, and I can't wait. November 12th, uh, um, 
there was at, at the convention there was confusion over whether it was bingeable or not. I think it's weekly now, according weekly. to Brez. Yes. It, it's according to Bresnikin. Yeah, Bresnikin yeah. Oh, got it that's weekly. great confirmation. Yeah. yeah, that was weird to have the, all the Disney Plus IgerCon going on at Star Wars yeah. Celebration, getting all the the price, the release date, uh, mm-hmm. all that. November twelfth. Yeah. So so I yeah I just have to be honest with what I saw. I didn't I didn't I didn't look look at it and go wow. I was like good idea. I hope it doesn't look like it belongs on a streaming service. Yeah. I'm being blunt. Mm. But I, but again, we're months out. Right. Yeah. We are months out. Um, uh, I, I, I know Pedro's doing most of it VO, uh, you know, uh, and so it just felt that there's a little disconnect between it, me. It, mm, I, seeing him on the panel being so passionate and charming yes. made me feel like it, I, I want to see this character with the helmet off. That's you what know, I, I want to be sure you. to do that. Yeah. We didn't see any of that in the trailer. Mm. Did, I don't know, you yeah. know, but again, this is early trailer. Yeah. And it's some of the positive things that I wanted to say. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Um, there's a lot there. Is and people erupted in the room, and there are a ton of people who are like, "This is what I've been waiting for," right. you know. And I think we're in a great place with Star Wars, where it's offering lots of different things. So, oh, yeah. you know, we don't have to choose. You can just say, "This yes. is the one I'm enjoying more." I also enjoy this, but this one is my jam. This is the one I'm really into. Yeah. And it felt like for a lot of people, the Mandalorian was like, "Wow, this is my jam. This is what I've been waiting for." Because yeah. it did feel gritty. It felt much more in the like Rogue One. If Rogue One was all about smugglers mm-hmm. and really down on their luck people it had a real feeling like i was watching amazingly high budget home video of john favreau playing with action figures when he was five mm-hmm. that was the <laughs> the main spirit that came across to me oh my gosh. like i'm interested in all totally. the themes but it was like there was an ig droid ig8 maybe doing uh, yeah it being a cool vape pen of death like uh. blasting away and looked really cool uh, there were some Jawas that that whipped a blaster out. Maybe their normal like little ion weapon, but mm. maybe an actual blaster blaster. It was too fast uh, for me to see. Uh, there's a cool physical conflict between Mandalorian and uh, Cara Dune. Mm-hmm. Um, flashes of recognizable aliens, uh, but lots of like things that look like cool moves. It looked like this could be a show where we get a couple dialogue scenes and then it's almost. John Wick meets the Mandalorian. Right. And it, it had that vibe that there's going to be cool, inventive yeah. action scenes, the kind of things that maybe if you were a kid in the 80s, you'd be like, what if what if Boba Fett launched his jetpack and like grabbed, <laughs> you know, Dengar's head and <laughs> like yeah. and, and threw it, grabbed him with his legs and flew yeah. him in the, like it looks like the kind of things that people used to make their action figures do. Like mm-hmm. John Favreau is going, I'm putting that on screen mm-hmm. and it, it sounds like I'm making fun of it. I'm not at all. No, no. Uh, and, it, and I felt like that, those kind of action moments, inventive, yeah. why have we never seen this in Star Wars action moments mm. really connected with people. Which is why I love that third act of Rogue One. So that's why I'm excited for that on a, on a weekly basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, and, and, and I think very clearly Favreau wanted a Boba Fett story. <laughs> Right. Very, very clearly. He, he like yes. slipped a few times, I think, in his storytelling. Yeah, on the panel they yeah. kept talking about Boba Fett in terms of their love of this Mandalorian yeah. idea. They never met, said, you know, Boba Fett, I mean the Mandalorian. Yeah, not like that, um, but in Favreau telling the story of how he wrote the script on Christmas Day, then sent a picture of the Boba Fett socks he knitted. Exactly. That to me means you're, hey, right, Boba Fett, yeah. ah, right. Dave? Yeah, yeah. yeah right. and it seems to me, like I kind of have no problem with it. It seems to me that if Favreau is a, a kid of the generation where Boba Fett looked like the coolest thing you've ever seen, and right. he was this awesome, badass man of mystery. That's not really who Boba Fett is in canon anymore. We know his backstory. He's got other cool things going for him now. Yeah. And it seemed like Favreau just going like, 
well, I can just make a new character that is the Boba Fett that I imagined yeah. in 1982. Totally. And uh, there's some fan discussion because it does look like it's on Tatooine. It's five years after that. Mm-hmm. Maybe Boba Fett, the character we know is Boba Fett, yeah. will be in it too. Mm. Yeah, could be. Uh, but it seems like this Mand- the Mandalorian is a reclaiming of the mysterious helmeted badass Boba Fett where you don't know anything about him. Yeah. Right. Well, sounds like you guys saw like a rough, almost like a rough cut, yeah. rough footage. Oh, very much so. So maybe at uh, at D23 or Comic-Con we'll get like the official trailer. I don't There's know. More cons to come. Many, many more <laughs> cons <laughs> to come. Yeah. Yeah. So the we'll quickly talk about Project Luminous because mm-hmm. the secrecy continued when Delray Books teased that something really big is coming. They tweeted, quote, The Force is what gives a Jedi his power. It's an energy field created by all living things until dot, 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 end quote. <laughs> and then they wrote uh, hashtag Project Luminous and tagged several authors, including Claudia Gray, Charles Soule. Oh, yeah. yeah, I always ask you. Charles Soule, Daniel Jose Older, uh, Kevin Scott, and Justina Ireland. So some are speculating that the book or books will take a closer look at the mythology surrounding the Force, and that it might be something similar to From a Certain Point of View anthology novel. Uh, Lucasfilm's Matt Martin tweeted that the project is kind of a big deal, so get ready. And that's all we know for now, except the project will be released in 2020. Excellent. When a movie isn't out. When a movie is not out, hmm. but they're making it seem like this is huge. So I'm thinking, I think that it's more than just a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, mm-hmm. if they had, if anyone else had been involved, I would think they're going like, let's have a Shadows of the Empire for the modern day experiment mm-hmm. where, you know, it was kind of multimedia. It was like everything but a movie, right? Right. Right. Uh, but right now, since it's just Del Rey, mm-hmm. you know, I'm curious if they're going to, Make it a bigger production. Right. Or if it is just, I would think it's a series of books with those authors right. involved. And the image that they put on the screen had the Jedi symbol. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and with those authors in particular, Kevin Scott and Claudia Gray have both been diving into Jedi lore, mm. Jedi history, and Force Ghosts in particular, because uh, they are the two who wrote the two Force Ghost stories in From a Certain Point of View. Mm-hmm. Oh. So they, those two authors gave us the most we have ever had in canon Star Wars about how Force Ghosts feel, perceive their reality, because we hear from both Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon as Force Ghosts mm-hmm. in those stories. Uh, Claudia Gray's Master and Apprentice, there's a ton of stuff about Jedi lore and okay. philosophy and prophecy and their way of life. Mm-hmm. Kevin Scott is working on the Dooku stuff, and I right. and it's, I think it's that Dooku novel audiobook. Yeah, and I think it's pretty clear with some of the stuff in Master and Apprentice that Claudia and Kevin are already already talking. Already talking. Yeah, that's too close. Gotcha. In, in timeline and in theme for them not to have already been having some serious Dooku conversations. Um, gotcha. The other authors are all great authors, yeah. um, but those two having been so in this specific Star Wars area. Yeah. And the title obviously being Project Luminous, Luminous. Jedi. Right. But like right. where it's set, how much is it, you know, maybe it's ancient, maybe it's going back to super ancient, ancient times. But mm-hmm. that stuff is, I feels like, are they really going to do that in the books? Yeah, right. You know, and, right, right. Yeah. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I mean, I missed the announcement because I was uh, getting a last-second uh, beer and a convention dog, so uh, <laughs> playing catch-up on it. I like this idea. Yeah, Charles Soule with what he just recently did with the Vader comic. Oh, yeah, Charles Soule is also in that camp uh, of rep- doing much more spiritual stuff. Spiritual dark side stuff is what he but doesn't mean you can't come into the light. Uh, I'm interested. I'm interested. Intrigued. Yeah. Crossover yeah. events. 
several authors. That's good. Yeah, definitely. We'll learn a lot more about the force. Uh, oh, where are we? Oh, yes. What's not going to be released in 2020 or 2021 are any new Star Wars films. Kathleen Kennedy told Entertainment Weekly's Anthony Bresnikan, quote, we're going to take a hiatus for a couple years, and we're taking the time to really look at where this is going from the standpoint of a saga, end quote. She also said that they're not just looking at what the next three movies might be. We're talking about this in terms of a trilogy. They're looking at what is the next decade of storytelling. But fret not, Ryan Johnson and Dave and Dan are still working on their respective Star Wars projects. And according to Kennedy, they're all working very closely together. What do you guys think about this self-imposed hiatus for Star Wars movies? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a lot. I think it's, um, to me, it feels like the will of the force. (laughs) If Solo had been released in December and it got a great reception, I'd be fine with it if they were moving on to releasing Solo 2 yeah. in, in 2021 and and still thinking like, yeah, it works to, ba- to have a trilogy going and then standalones. Yep. I'd be happy with that. But I just, like, this is the way it happened. We have the Disney Plus streaming service, in theory, to develop what I wanted to see out of the standalone, which was some different stories, some character focus, some different genres. Uh, and I think there's a great argument to be made, and we've talked about it on the podcast, about keeping the movies as a they only come out so often so it feels like a big deal Mm -hmm. Uh, so i'm kind of i I would have been okay with it if solo had succeeded and it went a different way but i'm also okay with this very okay with this uh it's not like we don't have a ton of content to dive into (laughs) and play (laughs) and and analyze and then pretty pretty shortly let's just say 2022 the first movie's up they'll start You'll hear the the leaks or the stories or the casting newses and speculations. That'll start coming. We'll have stuff to enjoy and talk about yeah. soon. Then I just enjoy the break. I don't enjoy the break for me. I'm not tired of Star Wars. I, you know, I came home from this convention and and I'm going to start reading Master and Apprentice tonight at the time of this recording. So I'm not. I'm personally not tired. I don't get tired of it. I mean, Joseph and I landed, went to our hotel room, and and, and yes, he was studying for some <laughs> Schmodown action. We put on Last Jedi and Solo. Oh, we, wow. we watched we all watched of Last it. Jedi. We <laughs> ate deep dish pizza and then went home and watched Last yeah, Jedi. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not tired of it, but but I am tired of some of the people who are tired of it who aren't fan who aren't like aren't aren't attending this convention right. by choice. And um, you know, I, I just like cool fun. Here you go. Here's a little break. Yeah. So stop telling me how much you hate that there's this much Star Wars. And I hate to be kind of grumpy because I just I just was getting some of it today. Uh, it's a, at a text conversation with a friend and, uh, on the way home and uh, in the cab. I was like, man, I'm sorry. I enjoy the hell out of this. Yeah, you know? it, so it's, it's hard. A good break. Yeah. Though. It's difficult to come from celebration. And I, I saw yes. some of that snark, too, about on the Internet. I didn't get it from anybody personally, but I will eventually about like, oh, yeah. nice try to bring the emperor back and save a dead franchise. Like, yeah. Dead oh franchise. I walked down the streets of Chicago and saw a woman dressed as Barris Offy. Yeah. <laughs> Tell that to the whatever it was, twenty-five handmaidens yes. standing behind yeah. the Sabe cosplay. Yeah. You know, tell right. that to the thousands of screaming fans. You right. know that this franchise is yeah. very much alive. Yeah, I don't mean yeah. to take it a negative turn, but it no. just. It, but then, so in other words, I'm okay. I'm okay because we'll have enough as fans. Yes. The speculation will start ramping up, and as far as the, we, we'll probably dive more later in other episodes. But just if, if if Dan and Dave are working on a series or a trilogy of movies, and Ryan's working on a series or a trilogy of movies, and other directors and stuff are going to come on board. Yes, I want them to sit down, sit in a room here, probably off of Melrose Avenue here in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. I know where Dan and Dave's offices are. Uh, and uh, and just talk about Star Wars storytelling. 
Yeah. Wow. Make this is like so that part of it is such great news to me of like, yep, we're not in a rush. Yeah. We're gonna slow down and make sure that these two, you know, teams of creators don't come up with super similar ideas. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they want to tell a story, like maybe one of them is the old republic. And there are elements of that that connect to this other trilogy that's set, you know, ten thousand years after mm-hmm. the sequel trilogy. But mm-hmm. they involve a the same idea, you know, in some way, or the yeah. same lineage or something. Maybe one side is doing the rise of the Sith and one's doing the rise of the Jedi and mm-hmm. they meet in a crossover movie, Sith yeah. versus Jedi, wow. X versus Sever. Oh. We've got it. That is that is exciting. And maybe they'll do what we've talked about, the El, El Capitan uh, unveiling, unveiling of their slate. Maybe that is a big part of it. Like, we really want to know so we're not kind of making it, not making it up as we go, but not making decisions every six months. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Okay. So now you wanted to talk about the Clone Wars panel because I missed that. But yeah. Were you there in person? Yeah, yeah. we got to go to the Clone Wars. Yeah. That was on, on Sunday as well, and that was a, a lot of fun. Uh, that was uh, Dave Filoni uh, running it for the most part. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty uh, much yeah, again. Yeah. 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 Um, and then he mostly talked to Ashley Eckstein, mm-hmm. uh, Sam Witwer, and who was the third person? Ken, who came out right away? Oh, D. Bradley Baker. D. Bradley and, Baker. And, and Warwick Davis did moderate. Warwick Davis clear, did moderate. Yes, yeah, that's yes, why this yes. one worked better. Um, <laughs> he's a great host. Yeah, yeah. So the the first half of the panel was just those three, and then they brought out the larger cast: mm-hmm. Matt Lanter I and see. James Arnold Taylor and. Uh, Tom Kane. Tom Kane. Yeah. Cat yeah. Tabor. Yeah. Cat Tabor. Um, and and so and and for from those people, we mostly just got some like fun flavor yeah. and some uh, it, yeah, not not a lot. So it did seem like the panel was really saying, Ahsoka. This is a really Ahsoka story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the story of how the clones kind of end up their mm-hmm. journey, uh, and that. It is telling the story of Siege of Mandalore, which we know a little bit about, Mm -hmm. but basically, you know, kind of building to this big showdown between Maul and Ahsoka. Mm. Um, And we know that a little bit from the beginning of the Ahsoka book, that that all works timeline wise. Uh, So that that was the kind of the main thrust of the panel. I think one of the big exciting news things is that they revealed that they want the lightsaber battles to be epic and that they brought in Ray Park to do motion capture. Uh, for Maul's fighting. It's amazing. Which is uh, great. Yeah. Love great it. for Ray Park, who yeah. just loves, he loves this. He loves being Maul. Yeah. Yes. He loves it. Yeah, he loves it On so that much. Phantom Menace panel, he yes. just, he's so humble and they, like so happy. And Yeah, Phantom Menace panel, he had this great quote about how he just wants to eat a bunch of Oreos, but then sometimes he thinks of the fans and he doesn't. Yes, he wants to stay in good shape to be Maul at wow. any time he is needed. Yeah, oh my it was great. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. It, it was good stuff. Yeah, Dave, I think Dave confirmed some, some if not a lot of the stories were already either planned uh, in some form or another, like animatics or this or that or unfinished stuff. And then coming back and maybe adding stuff to it, of course. Uh, and the Siege of Mandalore seems to be very important and something he'd always had in his mind. Yeah, as you know? like the big ending. And, yeah. and Ashley Eckstein, uh, you know, said a couple things about, uh, you know, he's he's told me the plan and it was so cool, but then we even tweaked some things and that's great yeah. too. So it does really mm-hmm. seem like he's not just doing exactly what was planned, but kind of yeah. responding to what else has been going on in Star Wars and in Rebels. Yeah. Uh, I think a, a really interesting and telling thing was that they showed photos of redesigning what Maul wears with reference photos of him from Solo. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like oh, they were wow. yeah, at least, at least visually trying to bridge the gap cool. yeah. a little bit. Um but I got the sense from the trailer that they played, which is available to everybody, right. that this is really going to go right up to 
Revenge of the Sith. Oh, yeah. Timeline-wise. Well, I hope so. That it's really going to be about the clones. And mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. particularly, we know Rex gets that chip out. We know Rex doesn't right. participate in Order 66, but we don't know how that works. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an exciting thing uh, to look forward to. And, uh, you know, Ahsoka's journey. And a little bit maybe setting Maul on his path for Solo. Yeah, there's yeah. We talked about some big uh, change in the way Maul handles things. Great, I think great insight into Ashley Eckstein's performance of you know now I have to go back and play the teenage Ahsoka. I just played the old, little bit older version, and uh, how do we marry the, uh, marry the two? And real fascinating stuff there. And the highlight was Dave Filoni taking loving shots at her universe. <laughs> oh, no. Going, here's the, here's the new costume. You're probably going to make this soon, actually. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. Yeah, and she yeah. made a joke about it. And then a little later in the panel, she just kind of said, again, like, no, I am going to make I that. And that, make that was like a fun, powerful moment of like, yep, that's why it's her universe. Yeah. Awesome. I'm the president, or yeah. whatever her title is. I just decide. I, just I like decide. that new costume. Yeah. I look yeah. yeah, yeah, it looked very cool. Uh, did you get a chance to watch that trailer, Jennifer? I didn't. I only watched a couple clips. The one Ahsoka clip with her on the, was it the speeder bike? No, something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Speeder or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I was like, oh, that's right. Ahsoka's younger again. And, mm-hmm. and then I heard about that with Ashley talking about the difference in her voice and kind of finding that. Um, but yeah, th- and it's also interesting that Dave was like not so sure that he was going to be able to bring this back yeah. within the timeline and that th- that was needed because it is such an, a big project, the Clone Wars. Yeah, but the yeah. trailer looked great. Oh, and I'm, yeah, I'm really, really, really excited for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then uh, the other thing that we uh, we didn't attend in person, but we did CouchCon in the hotel. We watched the Phantom Menace 20th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really just a celebration. They mm-hmm. first brought out a lot of the... Uh, special effects and creative mm-hmm. design team, and they had some great things to say. And then uh, yeah. four of the actors, and they had some really interesting things to say. What what stuck with you, Ken? Uh, the fact that we, despite twenty years later, and a film that you know a lot of us know uh, and know the story of, um, we got I got some. I felt I got a little bit of new insight into the process of making the film and what in, went into it. Uh, there was one particular moment uh, I know stood up for you, Joseph, of just them really saying, "Yeah, no, this is what George intended in rebuilding a, the or reforming or re, redesigning the look of this world." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and saying, "Forget the Star Wars, you know." Right. And uh, treating it as a period piece. And it's, it's things that he's said in the past, but yeah. like, I think in our kind of current uh, discussion world to have those kind of reaffirmed by Doug Chang, who's somebody who's still involved. Yes. Yes. Doug Chang really saying, like, I, I you know, learned from, from Lucas, so I feel like, you know, it, right. it, it, it was really a, a real world, like, a thousand generations live inside me. Right. Like, George isn't designing for the sequel trilogy, but I am, so George kind of is. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and that was powerful and interesting to me. And, of course, just the, uh, you know, the panel could have been called Phantom Menace, Redemption of Jar Jar. I, like, yeah. it was, you know, yeah. the huge explosion for Ahmed Best and people chanting Ahmed, you know. Oh. Absolutely, absolutely. It was a great moment there. Uh, he, it, you know, it was at, towards the end of the panel, and, and Anthony Daniels definitely uh, continued his one man show that he's run, <laughs> run through the whole weekend. <laughs> he um, really did. He was quite charming. Oh he gosh. can't ha- not have him there. I understand, and I love him to death. But uh, yeah, Ahmed got his moment. Crowd cheering. Yeah, Good. and it brought tears to my eyes in, uh, in our hotel room. And, and uh, then he then Ahmed dropped a great little left bomb too. Yep. Uh, that slipped by. Oh, bad Jar Jar dropping the f bomb. It was everything I wanted for that moment for that guy. Yeah, and it it really, I mean, I think there was some discussion over the weekend about, like, are there going to be any big surprises? And this just felt 
honest. Like it got it, it got a little bit deeper of a little bit more almost like it's this isn't you know, the panels are all great, but they're promotional. They're teases, you know, and you get some real right. human moments. And this felt like a podcast mm. episode. Yeah. Truly about it, where you got to know the people a little bit and you really got to hear a little bit more depth about what it was really like to be there and what it meant to their lives. And it, mm-hmm. it and because it was really human and not promotional it felt like a true celebration of yeah. this movie that we've all uh, lived with for 20 years. That's yep. great. Indeed it was. Mm. Uh, and then the last bit of news, which I just read on the internet, is <laughs> that uh, yeah. celebration. there is a celebration 2020, yep. which was up in the air. It yep. was up in the air. Yep. And it's in Anaheim. Yahoo! Yay! Taking that we five just... south, or sometimes the 57 around to the 55. <laughs> to, to the, the five. To, to the, the 22. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of ways that don't involve plane travel, which is fine. But yes, uh, I'm excited for that. Yeah. I'm excited there's another one. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I'm coming down the coming down the mountain on fire right now, but uh, it's gonna be fun. Gonna be fun, and and uh, uh, Jennifer, we're, we're we're booking your hotel room right now. <laughs> yes, yes. As uh, I told you guys off air, my mom lives very close, so she is <laughs> she is gonna be my hotel. Excellent. Uh, there you go. Yeah, I, to me, I was just uh, I had such a great time at this one, so I'm really excited. I want to go back. I want to go to another one. Want to uh, you know have the full experience, but it's also made me happy for where Star Wars is going. The idea that just because we're not putting out another movie right away that we still have so much to celebrate that really just gives me confidence in the general state of star wars me mm-hmm. too there's always a feeling of celebration there and you felt it here and and a lot of the, what the fandom struggled with the last year is just is not present and and almost in a way not tolerated in a self-policing kind of way mm. yeah. yeah those pockets are those pockets and god bless them get your clicks do what you want but uh there wasn't any of those negative conversations it just was star wars star wars yes star wars yeah i mean i did some live star wars counseling with a couple of fans where they're <laughs> about the trailer where they're like i'm not sure about this and i think like, well this is how i look at it and they're like okay yeah. <laughs> and one guy was like i never thought of that that made me feel yeah. better that was it was very very nice to I have that, that uh spirit around um I did skip in my list Jedi Fallen Order, but oh, we, were, yeah, yeah. we were running a little long. We'll talk about that more. Uh, we saw the we didn't go to that panel. Mm-hmm. We saw the trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks uh, great yeah. uh, to me, and uh, we can talk about it in more detail in the future. Yeah, absolutely. It looks a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, no gameplay. I know. We'll figure all that all out. <laughs> yeah. I get it. It was fun. I'm excited. Waiting for a plane in my sweatpants on my couch. Yeah. The one detail that I did want to share that I looked up is that uh, the droid in Jedi Fallen Order, BD-1, is being played by Ben Burt. Oh, oh which right. is great. Yes. That I didn't is, know that. That's a great so cool. detail uh, to me because cool. Ben Burt is one of the you know hearts and souls of what made yeah. Star Wars Star Wars. And 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 you had talked about in your wonderful Happy Beeps episode, you know, Jennifer. Not he's not really involved or kind of you know not pushed out, but not invited in. And there's yes. some weird territory. That's awesome. I didn't know. That. Yeah. So that's great. That's one of the things awesome. I'm most excited about in Jedi Fallen Order to listen to Ben Burt beep yeah. at me while I try to swing my lightsaber around. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Jen, I, I think that's the news and main topic for this week. That is the news. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> that's Woo. it. For a lot more along the way, a lot to talk about, dive into, and uh, take deeper looks into. We will uh, do that in the weeks and months to come as we head towards Star Wars Episode Nine, And before that... The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. But before we get into some audience questions, which we always love to do, we're going to give you a recommendation of an audio book we think you should try out on us, Joseph. We are recommending Master and Apprentice by Cl- 
Claudia Gray. Uh, as we are recording, it has just been released. Uh, I got a chance to read it, and I, I think it's really, really interesting, particularly if you love the sequels or the prequels, if you love Phantom Menace mm-hmm. Attack the Clones. There's some great stuff in there about this. Jedi philosophy, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan's relationship, some fascinating stuff with Dooku. And I think uh, with his Project Luminous, it's going to be really uh, heading, pointing in the direction that I think Project Luminous will go. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. I'm 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 literally starting it probably tomorrow morning. <laughs> so, excited. so excited! All right, let's go to some. Uh, oh wait, I, I want to remind you to download your download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com/slash/forcecenter. Again, that's audibletrial.com/slash/forcecenter for your free audio book. And I'm glad those of you at the live show got to see us do those reads live. Yeah, it's <laughs> very entertaining, I'm sure. <laughs> a lot of fun. Uh, audience questions indeed. We like taking uh, some from uh, our social media sites and on Patreon as well. We got uh, one today starting with Scott O'Neill. Yeah, he writes, I'm enjoying the heck out of Resistance, but I have a question. Once Resistance kicks the bucket, pun intended, where would you like to see the next animated series take us? A lot of possibilities. Yeah. Animation mm-hmm. opens up a lot of those ideas. Joseph, what do you think? Um, well, I was thinking through it, and so far we've had the three animated series, and they're all the basically the war from that main area. Mm-hmm. Like, the Rebels is the build-up to the Galactic Civil War. It's right. not the war itself, but it's the Rebels. Clone Wars is the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And then Resistance looks like it's going to take us through what a specific group of people experienced during this war. Right. Um, so, I don't... They don't... We don't have another... War like that, right? So it has to be something truly different, hmm. really does uh, from modern cartoons. I'd still be up for L- Luke's adventures. I yeah. think seeing him discover the Force, you know, obviously Mark Hamill is a phenomenal voice actor. I'd be cool with that. Uh, I'd be cool with the it's the looking for Ezra show mm-hmm. with Ahsoka and Sabine. <laughs> <laughs> looking for Ezra, <laughs> looking for Ezra with no G. This week's, this week's guest, Gavin McLeod. <laughs> <laughs> Previously in the unknown regions, oh yeah, uh, I'd be happy with that. Uh, my other random thing is just a t- for, especially if it's for uh, younger kids, a Jedi Temple. Oh uh, yeah, yes. I, I think that can work. Just, yes. just yeah. really the perspective of a of a of a even pre Padawan. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't know if they're going to even become a Padawan. Don't know if they're going to become a Jedi Knight. And just following five or six years of of yeah. a kid growing up that way. I, I really like that idea. I, I, the the searching for Ezra really uh, is is cool. The the Luke adventure. I, the, here's a, the, the appeal now of even the adventures of Luke. It, you know, Mark's Mark Hamill's not been secret on some of his. I think a lot of it is a little jokey and self loathing. We've talked about some some of the comments taken out of context. Yes, but you know, I, I'm sure he wouldn't turn down a chance to play Luke again over the course of a series. Yeah, he, he voiced him in Forces of Destiny. That's not about hey, hey Mark. You want to do like two years of Luke searching stuff? Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. You know, being being a yeah. Jedi and yeah. not not going to war, but stopping conflicts, yeah. saving people. You know, yeah, being the hero that we we know he was all that time. That would work for me, Jen. What's what's your ideas? I've always what talked about uh, going towards younger younger mm-hmm. audience. So definitely rebooting the Ewoks cartoon, as I've mentioned. <laughs> um, I love this Jedi, Jedi Temple idea, and I want it to star a a young female character. I think it's really, really important. My daughter is getting at that age. Come on, Star Wars. Let, let's, let's prime the pump here because I know that there's a lot of young girls out 
there that want these types of shows. And so having something for, uh, for them in the Star Wars universe would be awesome. Uh, also, I go towards the canceled video game Star Wars 1313. So if we want to mm. grab maybe a slightly you know teenage audience, that might be mm. kind of cool, focusing on the underworld. <clears throat> and I think those two new characters... Is it in the Clone Wars? Yeah, in the Clone Wars that Ahsoka goes to live in 1313 and meets two... Uh-huh. Meets a backdoor pilot? Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, I don't know, but uh, basically maybe it could be a spinoff from that. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Okay, I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Big win. Scott, hope that answers your question. Ken, did you have yeah, any? Yeah, Ken. Oh, no, I thought it was my... I, I, I don't have any new ones. I'm back. Okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I really think the search for Ezra is the uh, more adult, not adult theme, but I think the one... The, be the big next one yeah. people right. want. As far as I, 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 the Jedi Temple, the 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 Hogwarts in space. I oh hear, hear a lot of yeah. people talk about. I think that's a that's a big win. Yeah, Hogwarts in really, space is the right way to say it because we, we got a little win. bit of that Ahsoka, but she's just yeah. out of the temple, you know, on right. her own, right. getting that that class vibe. Yeah, is a better could, way to you say could it. Do it almost any era too. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. uh, going it back be, thousands yeah. of generations. So I do. I really do like that idea. Um, Matt Gould writes: If Snoke is dead, who? Or how or what caused the force <laughs> link between Ray and Kylo at the end of The Last Jedi? Uh, Matt writes, I've been asking this question online for about a year. I think it's an important question. No one is asking. Hashtag Snoke lives. Well, I'll say this, and I, I'm not disagreeing with Matt at all. I, I, I've heard this asked uh, a lot uh, from walking out of the theater uh, <laughs> to online. So, Matt, I'm glad you uh, have come to us with this question because it is a very interesting and important yeah. question. And uh, his hashtag would make me uh, I think Matt has a theory. Yeah. Um, uh, Jennifer, do you, do you have any ideas here on, on Snoke? I think that maybe Snoke opened the connection, but mm. once the connection was open, well, they just uh, continued on their way with it mm. until Ray decided to close that connection. Yeah. Uh, when she uh, closed the door to the, was to the Falcon. Uh, but it reminded me of, of Luke and Leia, obviously, uh, we don't think that Ray and, and Ben Solo are brother and sister, but I think that that, that connection, to me, I, I guess yeah. I didn't have that question. Yeah. Uh, Joseph? Yeah, to me, I felt like, yeah, Snoke did this massively powerful thing to bridge their minds when when Snoke didn't even know where Ray was. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was this amazing accomplishment for these people who are uh, both emotionally and physically very, very far apart. Mm-hmm. But within that process, Ray and Kylo really come together. So by the time that they are aware of each other on crate, they are physically close together. They are emotionally close. And that to me isn't a stretch. That to me is once Luke and Vader became close, right. they could sense one another's presence. Exactly. Obi-Wan and Vader could immediately sense one another on the Death Star. Luke and Leia can sense one another. And it just felt to me like, yes, it was told in the visual language in the film of the Snoke massive you know, bridging of the minds. But to me, it just read as whenever they're near each other, they're going to be able to sense each other. Right. And Ray just kind of force hung up on him. Basically, uh, of yeah. just like, you know, and that, that goes uh, well with a lot of the kind of way that the force has been used in the sequel trilogy where like Luke can just turn it off. Mm-hmm. And that Ray is just like, nope. I think in this case, Snoke is a, a space cable man. <laughs> he connected up, and there you go. There's your line. Right. Um, his line of, it, it is I, uh, paraphrasing, it is I who bridged your minds. Uh, like Justin just said, and Jennifer just said, I, I think that's where I've always fallen down on the, on the side of they're connected. Ray makes a powerful choice to deconnect, and, and, and I 
think that's it. Um, as far as Snoke being alive, uh, I nope, I believe Snoke is dead. But I don't think we're done hearing about him in the sense of this Palpatine stuff, Matt. If you're a Snoke fan, you want to know more? Because there's a lot of questions about Snoke that we still, I want answered. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we'll start getting some of that. I don't think it's going to be necessarily laid out directly by J.J. and team in Episode Nine, but... I love the idea of Palpatine's like, yeah, I was working with this uh, Bob Snoke out in space, <laughs> and uh, he thought he was more powerful than me. Uh, not so much. You know, yeah. I, I like mm. something about that. Thing. Yeah. So, uh, Matt, hopefully we answer your question. Let us know. Let us know. Uh, what we think. Uh, we go to Patreon right now where a couple of our supporters have some great thoughts here. Sean Pisano writes this. Uh, with all of the talk of an Obi-Wan movie or TV series, what do you think are the chances that Qui-Gon Jinn could appear as a Force ghost? This would make sense so far as the story goes. It would be a cool way to bring back Liam Neeson. Although the recent controversy over some of his comments, uh, do you think Disney would even allow it? So, mm-hmm. yep, complicated real-world stuff in there, in story. Uh, I think we all would agree it, it works. It's just a matter of yeah. uh, would they want to do that? Jesus? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I did look this up. Uh, I almost said Qui-Gon They are separate things. <laughs> Qui-Gon is a character self. Yes. <laughs> Liam Neeson is a character. Yeah. <laughs> Liam Neeson uh, did apologize released another statement uh, with a little bit more, I think, understanding of why people were actually upset, which didn't go as well when he he tried it the first time. Uh, So I think there's that. Um, I think there's also just, he said a, in my opinion, said some really insensitive things, not thinking of how they would truly affect people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's different than, um, you know, actually having done criminal, (laughs) awful things (laughs) to other human beings. Right. Um, so I think this is a, a, a situation where it is possible where time will heal mm-hmm. some wounds. And also, uh, we talked about Master and Apprentice. You know, I know it's Qui-Gon, not Liam, but right. they happen to share a face. Yeah. And <laughs> Disney didn't change the cover of, or Del right. Rey didn't change the cover of Master and Apprentice or mm-hmm. anything like that. So I think if we were lucky enough to get an Obi-Wan TV series yeah. in 2021... I think there's a good possibility that Qui-Gon could be back. Oh. I, you could also have Ian McDiarmid play him based on his... Oh, yeah, his impressions his that impression he's been doing all weekend. Of, of Liam Neeson was on point. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, That's my take on it. I know it's really controversial and some people have really strong opinions, so yeah. I want to respect those. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and uh, I, I think all of what you're saying makes sense. And, and uh, um, uh, I, I think over time it, it, it could work. And, and, I, and I, don't, I think Disney probably in the moment would, if, if that decision was being made, you know, two months ago, there might have had a different thought, and then with a, an apology or time and all this kind of stuff really working out. Uh, I, I think I think you could see him back, and, and that I if they have an Obi Wan series, I I would want this. Yeah, I would I want, want at least the voice while they're yeah. communing. Oh, yeah. yeah, I absolutely would, Jen. Yeah, if there's an Obi Wan series, he has to appear in some form or fashion. I think by that point. You're right. Time will heal. And he did apologize fairly recently. Um, So I think that will give it some time to to breathe. Uh, But if you, you know, I don't think he's going to be appearing in episode nine, maybe his (laughs) voice. But I have to say kind of thank goodness for that, because that would be a very awkward press tour. Yeah. (laughs) So I think, yeah, if we see him, it'll be later on. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, and I don't think I don't I don't think we're getting a Force Ghost party in nine. That's a different conversation. But <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, exactly. I think that we we talked about it. Yes. All right, we'll have Force yeah. Ghost party whole episode. Yeah. Oh, I'm, we're still, gonna, yeah. I'm still oh, curious. Yeah. yeah. All right. 
Uh, final one, a final thought comes from James McDaniel. Says, hey, gang, love the podcast. Well, thank you, James. Uh, just joined Patreon, and it's awesome. What did your favorite planet introduce or actually seen for the first time in the prequels? I feel like the new ones are one of the highlights of the prequels. Even though you don't see too much of it, I personally love Utapa and really hope it's revisited in future films. I think that's an underrated planet planet myself yeah. uh, they live in sinkholes come yeah. on what's not to like more just Tion Madone uh, yeah. you know, he <laughs> didn't say a lot of a lot of great planets in the prequels yeah. I, I could answer probably different stuff at, at different times uh, I don't know uh, Jennifer where your mind goes to first today you know it's a great point I love one of the highlights for me of the prequels are, are the planets and getting all these new uh, environments I really loved Coruscant it's a favorite of mine mm. um there's I forget so that's even it. really an option because you know, Zahn's books, but right, yeah, that right. is technically an option. Technic- I'm, yeah, technically, and I loved Camino as well. That was a fascinating planet. Yeah. Very yeah. moody for me. Yeah. I like it, Joseph. Yeah, it's really hard. I like them it's all. It's really hard. Yeah. yeah. Right, so I'm going to cheat and say two. Uh, <laughs> Coruscant. I wasn't going to say Coruscant, but mm. then when I thought about it, like Coruscant uh, helps define the Star Wars galaxy mm. in that it's... You know, uh, it's a, it's it is real world. It's mm-hmm. a big, <laughs> it's a big city uh, planet. We all know. <laughs> we were told clearly by Rick Olay. but uh, specifically the idea that there is the kind of real world. There's poverty. There's you know finance. There's mm-hmm. you know yeah. operas. There's social strat- yeah. status. Uh, mm-hmm. All of that stuff is represented by Coruscant. You know, so I like that. And then I'm just going to say Mustafar. Oh, Mustafar is yeah, just, what am I thinking? it's just yeah. cool, right? And it, it Mustafar really yeah. feels like that spirit of fantasy yeah. of like, uh, you know, I remember reading on the back of, you know, baseball cards, yeah. or collectible cards and action figures that Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker fought on a lava planet. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it's so cool. And everything that got developed with it, with the castle there and everything in Rogue One, Mustafar. It's a mm-hmm. tough answer because Mustafar's, uh, you know, that battle, original Battlefront 2 playing that map made me start to go, wait a minute, maybe I have some feelings about the prequels that I don't <laughs> know I have, some positive feelings during there, that era. There was an awakening. Yeah, there yeah. was an awakening. Um I, I I wouldn't have answered Carson because it's just something that's always kind of seemed to be in the be there because of, I think Zahn brought it in. Um, but that is Coruscant, it, it, it It's kind of my answer, I guess. Those yeah. things you said. So I'll, I'll go in a different direction though. And I do. I I love Naboo. Yeah. Um, I, I really do love Naboo. It is one of those. Yes, I'd live there if uh, Star Wars a real type of planets. Oh, but yeah. there's just something there. And the more we learn about the the culture. Of, of the Nubian people and then uh, how they're, you know, at odds and I think just downright treating the Gungans wrong, but Gungans uh, have their own ways too. I mean, and, and Oda Gunga's really pretty visual. I, I think it's just a lot to that planet. Yeah. Uh, including some tasty colo clawfish uh, <laughs> there as well. So I would go the rolling plains of Naboo. Yeah. Like yeah. some shock out there. Uh, some shack, some shack, shack, yeah. some shack, shake shack. Yeah. shack. Thank you, James, Sean, Matt, and Scott. Uh, our Power of the Light side segment will return soon. We sent out some requests, Joseph, right? That's right. So if you are a patron at the $10 level uh, and, and signed up recently, uh, I sent out some requests. So check your inbox on Patreon, and I will send out even more requests because we love sharing what you love about Star Wars. Absolutely shining the light on the light side here. So uh, we're almost out of here for this week. 
week. Uh, we've got uh, a lot of places you can find us. You can go to Twitter at Force Center Pod and uh, use the hashtag Force Center. Uh, like our Facebook page. Uh, go to our website, ForceCenterPod.Podomatic.net. We saw a lot of you wearing our T-shirts, the emotional support porg, uh, happy beeps, uh, speculate responsibly, Ewok shirts. We saw them. We even saw, Joseph, I, I think, the, the Whiskey Jedi shirt. Yes, we did. <laughs> Somebody had that, yeah, a whole lot of whiskey with the Whiskey Jedi shirt. Yeah, yeah. I saw it. Uh, there was one person who was trying to look at an action figure. He's like, oh, excuse me. Uh, and yeah. they saw he had an I Heart Murder Sparrows t-shirt, and we didn't even talk. It was oh, just, my gosh. Yeah. That's the best. So uh, go ahead and t- go to tpublic.com slash user slash force center and get some merch and tweet us pics, and we'll reshare them as well. Uh, podcasts available on Podomatic, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and on YouTube. We are there as well. Uh, the In Memoriams will be back soon. The uh, gentleman who helps uh, work on them with me, Kevin Smets, with the showdown and also his real work as an editor on TV shows in Hollywood. We're coming back with a new batch soon and they'll be exclusive to YouTube and don't forget the animated data bank brought created by the great Brian Ward who created our exclusive celebration poster. Uh, he did that. It's there as well. And Patreon, Joseph, we've hit some goals, some watch along. That, that New Hope watch along's coming, right? That is right. We hit that goal. Uh, so a New Hope one and we're going to make plans for when to record that. Right now we're building to getting some original theme music for Star Wars ranked so help yeah. us out help us keep growing you can go to patreon.com slash force center absolutely we're almost out of here but we got a lot of things going on in our lives mm-hmm. you can find me on Instagram Twitter and Facebook at Jennifer Landa I also posted my reaction video to the teaser trailer of Rise of the Skywalker it is on my YouTube channel youtube.com slash Jennifer Landa nice mm. uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw Ken's doing a little dance it's <laughs> great. <laughs> He's experimenting with some sort of maestro moves. Yeah, I accidentally pointed at you too harsh, and I was like, that's kind of rude. Uh, it kind of looked like you were, like, boxing yeah, or, yeah, like, yeah, yeah training. Yeah. <laughs> I need to after all the deep dish pizza. It's been a long weekend. It's been a long week. Anyway, uh, just to wrap up, I uh, you can find all my other stuff, comedy albums, uh, other podcasts, uh, and my book, Comedy of Doom, which some of you are finding because... Uh, uh, Amazon is kindly recommending it when you order Ken's book because I wrote yeah. a forward for your book, so I'm linked there on Amazon. Yeah. So people uh, are finding uh, my old book, Comedy of Doom. So uh, go check that out, of course, along with Ken's book. Yeah, Why We Love Star Wars. If you want to pre-order that, May 15th is when it comes out. Go to KenNapsack.com to get some links to uh, go to Amazon or a lot of places. And yeah, our Joseph's name's listed there. Uh, mine as well. Click on our author profiles. Mm. You know? That's something good. <laughs> cool. uh, spreading the love. And uh, you can, yeah, yeah up, I, I, I completed it at Star Wars Celebration. I got the email that my new website, uh, the domain transferred. Go to ketnapsack.com. New website there. That is it for this week. That is it for Star Wars Celebration. We'll uh, get back to normal next week. But is there really any normal when you're a Star Wars fan? I hope not. Let's keep the celebration going. We'll see you next time here on Force Center. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.